This is Dies and Chewy XD Podcast, episode 162, for the week of February 1st, 2009. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dies and Chewy X. Jeff, just finish it. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Look at that. Doesn't even need to look at the screen. No notes, no nothing. Oh, it is on the screen. It is. <laughs> I do have it on the outline. Okay, I was really hoping I got that because I was just doing it from memory. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. I listened to your show, so I guess I'm well, going to know you. a little bit. I yeah, appreciate there you go. that. Sure, no problem. Hey, so uh, you're Jeff over there. Yeah. If you're here, it must be time for Manga Review of Awesomeness. That's right. We'll talk about a variety of things. Like, why we're doing it now, and where the last show is, all that kind of stuff. So you're here. It's great to have you. You're the resident, ongoing virgin newbie with the series, making your way through a little more than halfway there. I'm a total noob. Good times. Yep. I actually have something else I want to talk with you about. Yes. Momentarily. We'll get there. Okay. I will introduce myself. My name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX. And congratulations, you have an episode of Dai Zenchu EX with Mike and Jeff. Can you imagine? Because, like... <laughs> Normally, we do this on a bi-weekly basis on, well, my show. Yes, we're at your place right now, Jeff. Yes, you're in my apartment. Thoroughly confused about what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm so waiting to just go into some kind of music review. Because we're, we're it's totally not. set up for low fidelity. I mean, yeah. I have my laptop off to the side in the same position. And I'm sitting next to the computer. I have GarageBand open the whole thing. It's <laughs> I don't just know like, what's going on. This is crazy. What are we doing? <laughs> it's so weird. Jeff, um, would you like to talk a little bit? About uh, where episode 161 is. It's um, it's not your fault. No, well, I sure hope not. <laughs> I just helped. I didn't do- <laughs> you helped in the aftermath, though. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Well, apparently it's stuck on a drive somewhere. Yes. In- I-, I made a little boo-boo. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and this is actually a funny story. I was supposed to be doing this presentation for work uh, Tuesday this past week. And we had some pretty unfortunate weather going on here in New Jersey. So I need to finish up my presentation. I was going to work on it over the weekend, finish stuff up. So I'm like, all right, I'll finish it up on the laptop, do some work Saturday and Sunday. My laptop uh, external power cord, whatever, was plugged into the same place that the main computer rig was plugged into. So I had to go unplug. I was going to bring it over to the in-laws and do some work over there when we went over there in the weekend. And as I pulled it out, I accidentally switched off the surge protector. That everything was hooked up to. Whoopsie. No biggie. How many times have we lost power here in New Jersey? Uh, Not uh-huh. a big deal. Yeah. So I turn everything back on. Stereo, computer, monitor, everything comes back on. I leave for a little bit. I come back. The main computer is stuck on the main loading screen, like not even to the windows, trying to do post. And it never progressed from there. So uh, my main rig is down, as you may have read on the homepage of the website. And episode 161 is fully complete, exported, tagged. Everything is completely done. I just never got around to uploading it before uh, disaster struck that computer. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Hoping. At some point. Maybe. We can put that power supply back in the system. Yep. Uh, word on the street from someone who's suddenly become my bestest friend in the world <laughs> because he offered to let me borrow his rock band drum set because mine is broken. He's awesome. <laughs> he thinks it's the RAM. I would agree. Uh, it could be the power supply. Yeah, it could be. It could be the hard drive is dead. Could be any variety of things. So we're going to try putting the power supply back in and see where we go from there. Cross your fingers. Yep. 
And so. Yeah, let's make sure that we put every single freaking plug of that 16-plug device into each additional port that it should go into. Oh, it's crazy. I'll, I'll put up a picture of this proprietary Dell 1,000-watt power you, supply. Yeah, I need you to put up that picture, and then I need you to get a picture of one of those Sentinels from the Matrix. <laughs> no, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> this is why the world ends, because yep. of Dell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dell. Really. Proprietary stuff. Good job. Nice. Jeff, uh, Mary's not here. Unfortunately, she isn't. She's sick. Yep. Jeff, Julian's not here. He's not? No. Oh, that's right. We're at our place. Ha, 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 Technically, we have two computers here, but the way everything's set up, I really don't have the ability to be doing multiple Skype recordings and all my usual stuff. So it's just you and I. Wow. Doing the Dragon Ball podcast. Worst episode ever. <laughs> no, I beg to differ. <laughs> best episode ever. Well, it's going to be the best one for you to edit because you're not going to have to do much. No, I, it's think. Be, I think it's going to be pretty good. There you go. I'm hoping so. Uh, Jeff, before we get into the news and yep. the manga review and all that stuff, I do have one little thing I want to talk with you about, mm-hmm. and that's uh, you watched another Dragon Ball movie last week with us. Yes, I did. We were just hanging out one night, nothing much going on, and I said, hey, let's watch Dragon Ball movie. So yeah, we you- popped in Dragon Dragon Ball movie too. I was gonna say you already saw the first one earlier. Did a review of yeah, it and everything. Were you so. on that? Episode? No, I wasn't. We were. I don't think it? so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, think, I don't think so. I think you were. I don't remember. Yeah? Oh, I'm pretty sure you watched it with us. Did I? What? How long ago was that? <laughs> I don't remember. Holy crap! <laughs> Regardless, yes, you watched Dragon Ball movie two. Yes, I did. It's the first time you've seen it. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Dragon Ball movie two, released here as Sleeping Princess and Devil's Castle, is kind of a retelling. All three original Dragon Ball movies are side retelling stories of events from the regular series. And this would take place just after the peel-off stuff going on. Yep. So, Jeff, just give me a couple of brief thoughts. What did you think about this movie? Uh, well, it was enjoyable. Yeah. We we kind of said afterwards, I think we all agreed, it was like this nice, enjoyable, uh, cheeky movie. You know, yeah, like you yeah. already know the backstory. This is just sort of like a little side thing to make it funny. Right. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just, uh, it was sort of like, because now I've read the beginning of the manga and, uh, we get up to this part where, you know, uh, Kuririn and, and Goku show up at, at, uh, Master Roshi's. Yes. You know, it's just like, well, um, hold on. Did everything happen in that sequence? Why are they there now? Who is this person? <laughs> what, what, why is Lunch not named Lunch? What's going on? <laughs> well, she was. She was and named Lunch. I didn't That's even catch on to this the first time through. Mary, um, picked up on this. I was too busy doing, I don't know, looking at something. But when she introduced herself, when she wrote, on screen, she said her name is Itadaki Lunch, mm-hmm. which is a, obviously a little pun there with you know your typical food. I don't want to say food greeting, but Itadaki Mas, Itadaki Lunch, Lunch being food. Yeah, see, get jokes. I like it. Dragon Ball and jokes. I like it. Nice stuff. So it was just a fun little romp, nothing too spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was uh, just kind of interesting to see how much I had known of the series because when I started seeing inconsistencies with the manga and the anime, I was just like, wow, I actually know the show now. It's fun when you can pick apart that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. And just take it for what it is, just yep. a little side thing. Well, also, I was kind of enjoying the fact that uh, when they started to go off into the whole, um, oh, yeah, she's in this castle, it's this beautiful princess, and you got to go there and find me that. That hot chick, not just any hot chick, that hot chick. And I'm going, okay, this is where it starts straying away from the main storyline a little bit. <laughs> and this is where it's clearly a movie because they just take it for what it is and just, sure, okay, let's classic. go do it. Oh, it's a classic TV cartoon show taken into a movie structure. That's like exactly how it is. You know, normally it would be, find me any chick. And you have a half an hour show, but then it's find me that chick <laughs> right. and it's in two hour movie. You know? Right, right. <laughs> it's like so rainbow bright. It's funny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dragon Ball is rainbow bright. All right. Hey, it's the 80s. <laughs> it's comparisons. Goes. Right. It's the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
So, uh, are you looking forward to seeing any other movies? I have to see Dead Zone. <laughs> we'll get to it. I want to see him jump in the fucking hole. I'm sorry, I want to see <laughs> Which this. language would you like to watch it in? <laughs> Which format? Pick a too? language, any language. Can you break open the laser disc? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll have to get a laser disc player, but we can do it. And then, even then, which language do you want to watch it in? Yeah, Not the right. laser disc. It's oh got two God. on there. That's crazy. Would you like to watch it in English? Which of the three or four English dubs would you like to watch of this movie? What's it matter? It's all the same. I don't care anymore. Oh, it's too many. It's too many. Jeff. Yes. We got some news, but I do want to say we're doing a manga review of awesomeness this That's week. That's right, yeah. And the reason we're doing this is we're getting back on schedule. Mm. The show's coming out on February 1st. It's the first show of a new month right there on the dot. It's time to get back in the groove of things. That's right, because when was the last time I was on the show? Two weeks ago? Something like that. You've been over here a lot. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's so, not a great month. It's a little weird where, and this it's even more weird because of where episode 161 is, but yeah. there were supposed to be two episodes in between manga review episodes, yeah. but because one is inaccessible at the moment, there's kind of only one in between, but I am retroactively going to put 161 back into the feed, so it'll look like there were two. Jeff, new month, manga review. We'll get to it. Yeah. First off, I got some news. I have one news. One news? One news. But then it wouldn't be news, it'd be news. <laughs> I have one new. Oh, wow. One new story. Uh, what is this story? Well, Dragon Ball Origins, which is the name of the game that came out in Japan, is Dragon Ball DS. Following along here, seeing so DS, oh, yeah. Origins from the Nintendo DS. Indeed, it must have been released on the DS, naming. right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Following along. Yep. Good job. Uh, Australia. Apparently, the game has been recalled, completely pulled from store shelves, Something to do with apparently not having an appropriate rating. Ooh, crazy stuff going on here. Let me tell you about this game and its ratings. Are they, is there Goku penis? Um, I actually don't remember if you see full frontal penis. Like, it, it's there's a possibility there's penis in this there game? There is a possibility, and I think there's butt. I can't remember if there's pee In a DS game? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a little crude. It's following with the original Dragon Ball, like, beginning up through... I don't even know. I'll get you a little bit of how far I played into this. We did our initial thoughts uh, a couple months back. But there are selective censoring things going on. Uh, like when Bulma lifts up her dress, pajamas, whatever it is, on the beach. Shows the hoo-ha. And shows the hoo-ha, because Goku who took her panties off, it's covered by the gap in the DS. So things like that. It's funny little censoring things. Right, of course. But apparently, uh, Australia didn't go for this. So, Jeff, over in Japan, it received a PG. Mm-hmm. Let's compare it across countries. Yep. Over here in the U.S., it actually got a T from the ESRB. So a teen rating. Right. So even over here, we, I guess we found a little risque things going on. Japan, what do you think it got? Hmm, Japan would probably be like, ah, kids will love it. Jeff, we got an A for all ages in Japan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> Japan don't care. So there's a little discrepancy all over the place. Japanese can't care any less, but Australia, apparently some stuff going on. The Kotaku story that we pulled this from, they're saying that um, it'll be back on store shelves if and when it receives a new, more appropriate rating. They were saying that whoever rates it down in Australia, forgive me, I don't know what the rating board is down there. I know in the U.S. it's ESRB, and in Japan it's CERO, C-E-R-O. Uh, I don't know who it is in Australia, but if it receives a new rating, then it'll go back up. So maybe they'll pump it back up to like a T, whatever their equivalent is. I will I will officially uh, declare that the ratings board in Australia is known as the OI! It's known as the OI! Yeah, because that's what they say when they realize that a game has been mismarked with an inappropriate rating. Oi! Oi! Get down <laughs> the shelves! 
Uh, I, I wanted to mention how far I played into this because I don't even remember. After we did our initial thoughts, I think I maybe picked the game up one or two more times. I'd really like to go back and just finish it because I think if I sat down just over a day or so, I could probably crank out the rest of the game. I found it charming and fun at first and then absolutely deplorably monotonous as it went on. Like gameplay-wise, you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Just Mm. hop over this, push the rock back over there. Like the most simple of simple Zelda puzzles with the occasional boss battle thrown in, but not fun boss battles and really lame enemies to fight. I just was not having a good time. I actually think I played more of, and you'll remember this, Hurricaneru in (laughs) Japanese uh-huh. more than I played of Origins over here. Damn. Yeah. Ooh. So that lets you know how, how I'm feeling about the game now, you know, with a little more time passing and playing a little further in. And here's a question for you. Yeah. Would it, would it have made a better iPhone game? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good idea. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. it can be fully touch-controlled. As I said in my initial thoughts, I actually preferred using the D-pad to at least run Goku around mm-hmm. and then tap to do the attacks. Because... Just like um, Phantom Hourglass, you kind of cover yourself a little bit occasionally. Like, you can't really see what's what you're doing underneath your hand. Right, right. But I can see that. Even I'd, then, I'd love tell. to see a Dragon Ball yeah. iPhone game. Yeah. Oh, at some point. Who knows? Maybe someday. Why the hell not? Let's sure. do it. Yep. So, hey, uh, that's the news. That's all I got. Well, I don't have anything, so that must be it. All right. Time to do the topic. Jeff, I am the most prepared I've been for manga review of awesomeness in a long time. And there's only two of us. Yeah. As it turns out, it is just me and you. I, I will say now, and we'll get to them later, I wrote down what your predictions were last time we did a show. See, I was going to check earlier today, and I forgot. <laughs> I, I told myself, Jeff, I know you're still in bed. You need to throw some clothes on, get in the shower, maybe even hang out with the girlfriend, because that's a good thing to do. But you have to listen to last week's episode, or the last uh, episode right. for Manga Review. Did you? And I didn't do it. That's fine. I did it for you. Yeah. Okay. Great. It's my show. I gotta do all the work. <laughs> well, that's that's fine. Yeah. Well, I would. You know, I'm trying to participate. I'm I know, trying to you know get in there. But let's uh, describe know. which volume we're doing here. This volume would be uh, what is this? Chapters uh, 277 to 288. What does that mean? That's right. So I'm gonna break it down. All the different releases. If you go by the original Japanese Tanko Bone, this is gonna be number 24 in the series. Remember that in Japan it is Dragon Ball 1 through 42. The entire thing is just Dragon Ball. No Z distinction in the manga. Going over. To the Kanzen Bon release over in Japan, where it was the bigger size, better quality paper, slightly condensed down volumes. It's going to be halfway through number 19 and about a third of the way into 20. Now, if you're coming over to the US and following along with Viz, this is going to be DBZ graphic novel number 8, because remember that they did make a distinction with Z. And then if you're going with the newest Viz Big, which is their Omnibus edition, it's going to be number 3, because that'll have volumes 7, 8, and 9. Well, it's easy to tell on the Tonko one because, well, it has a freaking 24 in the Image. Yeah, they do a pretty good job with that over in Japan, putting it on the image, and that's why it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense over in the Viz DBZ editions. Yeah, probably not. Where it says 24, and right below it says 8. Yeah, exactly, right here. I'm <laughs> like, well, mathematically it's correct, they are divisible, but I mean... <laughs> I'm going too far into this. It's fine. So what we'll do is we'll do our traditional, because people love it, uh, it's what they seem to like the most, is our recap of the chapters, and then we'll go through, Jeff and I, you will do our analysis of it. Indeed. And then we'll check in on your predictions, and then you'll make predictions for the next volume. Awesome. So I'm going to get started here with chapter 277. Raccoon prepares to finish off Vegeta, who can't seem to move, with his eraser gun, a giant blast from his mouth. Kudadin and Gohan rush in to help. Kudadin smashes Raccoon in the neck while Go 
Gohan grabs Vegeta out of the way of the blast. As the blast does some pretty massive destruction off in the distance, Raccoon gets right back up on his feet, though he's missing a few teeth from Crittenden's attack. He asks Bata and Cheese if he can take them all on, and rushes in with a kick on Crittenden, who goes flying into the distance himself, apparently having broken something pretty bad with that hit. Crittenden says it's all over, but Gohan isn't ready to throw in the towel just yet. Meanwhile, Nail, who is on his way to go help the Earthlings, has turned around to go back to Saichoro, sensing something bad is about to happen to him. Gohan is getting smacked around, but he manages to fire off a blast, which Raccoon just blows away. Literally. And the assault on Gohan continues. Frieza thanks Ginyu for bringing him the Dragon Balls. In fact, Ginyu would like to perform the Dance of Joy for Frieza. They are so excited. But he doesn't. As Frieza prepares to make his wish, Gohan is still being smacked around by Raccoon, hoping his dad arrives soon. Jeff, will do two at a time. Let me take one here. Okay. Two, seven, eight... Incredibly excited, Frieza asks the Dragon Balls to grant him eternal life, but nothing happens. Frieza remembers one of the village leaders saying he would never be able to get his wish granted, so he assumes that there is some sort of secret code or password in order to make a wish. They have unfortunately killed most of the Namekians, but there has to be at least one left. Frieza uses his scouter and finds two Namekian key with a third fast approaching. Ginyu asks if he should go, but Frieza says that he will go himself and blasts off in his hover chair. The narrator informs us that a terrible thing has happened. Frieza has just learned the whereabouts of Saichoro and is heading there personally. Raccoon is destroying Gohan in their fight, but Gohan will not stay down. Staggering forward, seeing he is the son of Goku, Gohan goes in for one last attack. Raccoon hops over top of him and kicks him, breaking his neck in the process. Gohan falls to the ground to the enjoyment of the remaining Ginyu members, the sadness of Kurdidin, and the disgust of Vegeta. In the distance, something enters the atmosphere and lands. It's a spaceship. Jeff 279. Chapter 279. Everyone stares off into the distance, wondering what just landed, but Kuriden knows it's Goku. Goku emerges from his spaceship and senses where everyone is, including Kuriden and Gohan, who barely have anything left in them. He is shocked to feel so many enormous key on the planet, but he's coming to help, and he's stronger than ever. A giant blast flies past Butta and Jis, and Goku appears in front of Raccoon, looking down at his son. Vegeta and Kuriden know who it is, but the Ginyu members are flabbergasted, though Jis acknowledges he was pretty fast. Goku tries to give Gohan a Sensu, but it's useless because his neck is broken. Goku somehow manages to get it down Gohan's throat, and Gohan pops up all better. As Goku walks over to Kuriden, he sees Vegeta, badly hurt on the sidelines, and wonders what's up. Goku gives Kuriden a Sensu, and instead of hearing all about what's going on, Goku places his hand on Kuriden's head, and suddenly knows everything. Bulma's safe, Frieza has the Dragon Balls, Vegeta rebelling against Frieza, etc. Goku doesn't know how he was able to do that, but just kind of figured it would work. That's some kind of fuzzy <laughs> logic there, don't you think? Goku tosses a Sensu over to Vegeta, who also immediately heals up. Goku says he is going to take them all on by himself, and he even wants to finish what he started on Earth with Vegeta. Goku calmly walks back over to Raccoon, who immediately starts trash-talking, but her reads Goku at only 5,000, much to Raccoon's dismay. Vegeta can't figure out why Goku is so calm, despite clearly knowing what he's gotten himself into. Could he be... Oh, no. Chapter 280. Goku tells Raccoon that he can't win. He knows this for sure. Kuriden says Goku has never bluffed like that before, still assuming that none of them stand a chance. Vegeta starts wondering if perhaps Kakarot has become the legendary Super Saiyajin. It supposedly only appears once every thousand years, but it was just a myth. And even if it were true, it should have been him. Raccoon poses for another attack and rushes in, but Goku disappears, though Vegeta snarls as he turns to look into the distance. Butta and Jis are confused until their scouters start going off. Goku is standing right behind them. Goku asks if they're Frieza's men, and that if they leave now, they don't have to get hurt. He then softly lifts up into the air and lands back over to where 
Karakum is. Kuruden never saw how Goku moves so fast, but he notices that Vegeta seems to be able to follow his movements. Rakum is now going to resort to his final attack, which will blow up all of the surroundings. He begins to pose for this attack, but Goku suddenly appears with his elbow right in Rakum's chest, saying that he was wide open. Rakum falls over to the ground, completely defeated. Everyone wonders what exactly just happened, but Vegeta can tell that it wasn't a trick or anything like that. It was just one incredibly devastating blow. Kakarot is now completely different than he was on Earth, and has completely surpassed what the Saiyajin are capable of. Has he truly become a super Saiyajin? Chapter 281, Goku asks Bata and Jis if they will leave or if he's going to have to keep hitting them. They remain delusional, assuming that this guy just got lucky and Raccoon let his guard down, since his power hasn't gotten any stronger than the 5,000 they read him at earlier. The two of them rush in and land on either side of Goku. As Jis starts talking, Goku simply punches him in the face, saying that they keep letting their guard down, with a cute little naive, like, half-open smile on his face. Both Bata and Jis then attack, but Goku blocks both hits, smacks them back, and drops to the ground to leg swipe them away in a little dance move almost. Goku then extends both hands outward with a yell, sending both of them flying. They have no idea what just happened, and even Kuriden is wondering how a simple Kiai seemed to do so much damage. Vegeta realizes that Goku was raising his power in the instant that he attacks, so quickly that even the scouters aren't picking it up. This fight was over before it even began. How did Goku get so much power? Bata talks to Jis via the scouters, telling him to perform his crusher ball. This guy will probably dodge it, but then Bata will rush in behind to attack since he's the fastest thing around. Jis complies and launches the attack, but Goku doesn't dodge. He just smacks it aside over towards Bata himself. Goku is then gone again, now appearing behind Bata, which is where he just sent the attack flying. He is so fast. Chapter 282. Bata and Jis can't figure out how this guy got behind them and wonder who he is. Goku says he's apparently a Saiyajin that was raised on Earth, but Bata says that's impossible for a Saiyajin to be so fast. Goku doesn't know anything about that, but he did do some pretty intense training. Bata begins an assault on Goku, and even Jis joins in, sick of being so embarrassed by how this is turning out. Goku dodges every single swipe and says he'll prove that he's not just fast. Goku suddenly tosses out a kick and sends Bata flying. Goku bursts off and elbows him in the face midair, and then appears on the ground and catches him before he even lands. Goku tosses an unconscious Bata to the side and tells Jis to get lost. Vegeta can't understand why Goku isn't finishing them off, but Goku says they're already defeated. There's no reason to kill them. Jis begins to shit his pants and blasts off into the distance to get away from this nightmare. As Kuriden asks Goku if it's really him, Vegeta jumps up and cracks Bata in the neck, then fires off a blast into the distance to kill off Raccoon. Goku asks Vegeta why he's doing this since they're already defeated. Vegeta is disgusted with Goku. He can't be a Super Saiyajin. He may have gotten pretty strong and is proud of it, but there's no way he'll be able to take down Frieza, even like this. Speaking of Frieza, he has just arrived at Saichoro Osamas. Chapter 283, Goku says he's more powerful than ever, but according to Vegeta, he still doesn't stand a chance against Frieza, especially since he's probably had his wish granted by the Dragon Balls by now. Kuriden doesn't think so, since if they're anything like Earth's Dragon Balls, the sky should go dark when Shenlong appears. It's been light out the whole time. Goku also says that he probably doesn't know the words, and most likely thinks he just gets his wish if he gets all the seven Dragon Balls together. In the background, Vegeta is confused, shocked, surprised, and, well, yeah, pissed that he didn't know about there being some kind of dragon inside, and spe- 
special words to use. Jace informs Ginyu that the other members have all been defeated. Frieza is gone, so they won't tell him and embarrass themselves. Ginyu himself will go take care of them all. They bury the Dragon Balls, do a special pose, which is sorely lacking with only two of them left, and blast off back to the others. Vegeta says he thought Goku was going to fight Frieza, but Goku says Kaiosama told him not to, and their main goal is still just to wish back everyone that Vegeta killed back on Earth. If that is the wish, then it doesn't matter since Frieza will just track them back down to Earth and blow up their planet, so they should give him eternal life instead with the wish. There are two key heading their way. Jace must have gone back to get Ginyu. They can't tell where Frieza is, but Goku senses the most powerful key off in the distance, heading towards where Saitoro is. Goku asks if that's who made the Dragon Balls. It is. If he dies, then the Dragon Balls will disappear. Ginyu and Jace land before they can figure out what to do. Goku does indeed sense that this Ginyu guy is leagues above the others. Ginyu asks if this is the guy, since he only reads at about 5,000 on the scouter. Ginyu tells Jace not to believe the scouter, since he can probably manipulate his key at will, and he's probably somewhere around 60,000. This will be the first time he can fight at his full power. Goku says he will stay and fight this guy, so Kuririn and Gohan should head off and try to find the Dragon Balls with the radar. They're probably by the spaceship. Vegeta will stay and fight against Jis, since Goku figures he's gotten a ton stronger since he left Earth and should be able to take him on. Kuririn and Gohan take off, and it's time to fight. Vegeta smirks and takes off, bidding Kakarot farewell. In that instant, Ginyu finds his open moment to attack Goku. Chapter 284, Goku gets sent flying, and the two trade swipes back and forth. They jump away from each other, and Goku figures Vegeta is taking off to get the Dragon Dragon Balls for himself, so he's going to have to finish this fight up quickly. Ginyu thinks his guy's pretty good, but without Vegeta here to help, he isn't going to last. Meanwhile, Vegeta is indeed off to get the Dragon Balls and beat the special words out of the Earthlings so he can make his wish. Goku tells Ginyu he's going to have to make this quick, but Ginyu then lets it out that he can also manipulate his key at will, surprising even Goku. G says that even if this guy's at 60,000, Ginyu himself is way above that. Ginyu puts a hand forward and fires a blast, which Goku manages to jump over, but it creates an enormous explosion in the distance. Goku who takes this opportunity to get behind Ginyu and try to attack, but Ginyu dodges and they end up just trading hits back and forth. Ginyu blasts up into the air, but Goku follows much faster than Ginyu and gets up above, but a random blast makes Goku pause and Ginyu appears behind and grabs him. Jis had fired a blast to catch him off guard and now Goku can't get loose. Just as Goku is about to use the Kaioken, Ginyu lets him loose and tells Jis that if he interferes again, he'll kill him. Ginyu turns to Goku and tells him he knows he's not fighting with his full power. If he's saving it for Frieza, he shouldn't even bother since he's underestimating Ginyu so much. He now figures he's at 85,000. Goku obliges and tells Ginyu to watch his scouter. He whispers Kaioken and erupts in a flame of power. 90,000, 100,000, 110,000. Chapter 285, 120,000, 130,000, 140,000. Ginyu thinks it's a joke, now at 160,000 and still rising. Goku stands surrounded by the flame of his Kaioken, now right at 180,000. She says it's no wonder that they all lost, since even Ginyu tops out at about 120,000. Goku says that even this is nothing compared to what he's able to do in short bursts. Ginyu now also exclaims that he must be the legendary Super Saiyajin. Goku remembers that Vegeta said a similar thing and wishes someone to explain what exactly that is. As Ginyu flips out, G says that the Super Saiyajin is the one thing Frieza feared. Goku says it's no use to keep fighting, they should all just leave. Ginyu pauses and says that the true legendary Super Saiyajin loved battle and death above all other things, so this guy can't possibly be that if he's telling them all to just leave. He may be stronger than Ginyu, but this is just what Ginyu has been waiting for. Frieza arrives at Saichodo's place where the final three Namekians are. Saichodo unleashes Dende 
Dende's full potential and tells him to go help the Earthlings. Dende agrees and tells him not to die as he takes off. Dende flies right past Frieza, who kind of shrugs and says it's not necessary to kill every single last thing. Frieza lands and gets out of his chair, greeted by Nail. Frieza politely explains that he has gathered all seven Dragon Balls and wants to make his wish, but does not know what to do next. Could he get a little help, please? Nail refuses to help someone so evil, to which Frieza says that he can easily just kill the two of them left. Nail explains that the one inside is Saichoro, the creator of the Dragon Balls. If he dies, the Dragon Balls disappear. This gets Frieza's attention, who uses a blast from his eyes to make a hole in the home. He rises up into the air and greets Saichiro. He won't give him the help he needs, but surely even he won't be able to just sit there as he kills the other Namekian. Saichiro says that Nail is unlike all of the other Namekians he has killed and is their true warrior. He also telepathically tells Nail to buy as much time as possible, which Nail says he understands. Frieza says he will grant them a showcase of his ultimate power. Chapter 286. Frieza says they will quickly regret not just telling him what he wants to know. Nail says that since even Frieza Frieza needs Saichiro alive, they should fight elsewhere so he will not be hurt. Frieza agrees, though he makes him land soon after they depart, saying it is far enough. Nail takes off his jacket and powers up. Frieza reads him at 42,000, much to his surprise. While he is comparatively impressed, he should really let him know that his own personal strength is up around, oh, 530,000. To be fair, he'll just fight with his left hand. Nail rushes into attack and swipes Frieza in the neck. Frieza doesn't really budge, though, and grabs Nail's wrist, ripping it right off. Frieza then elbows Nail to the ground, apologizing in the process. Nail stands up and regrows his hand, once again surprising Frieza. Unfortunately for Nail, while he's grown his arm back, his power has dropped and has not gone back up to where it was. Ginyu is laughing, confusing Goku. Ginyu tosses his scouter down to Jis and punches himself in the chest, still laughing. He breaks through his armor and pulls out his now bloody hand. As Goku stands there confused, Ginyu says that he has taken a liking to Goku's powerful body and extends his arms out and changes bodies with Goku. Ginyu smirks now in Goku's body, while Goku is now in Ginyu's heavily damaged body. Chapter 287, Goku struggles to figure out what just happened, but Ginyu explains that he just switched their bodies. Jis gives him back his scouter, and they blast off back towards the spaceship. Goku tries to follow, but he isn't used to this body, and it's badly hurt on top of that. Kuroda and Gohan land back where Bulma is hiding for the radar. She wakes up and begins scolding them for not finishing up everything already. Gohan goes and just grabs the radar and points to where the seven Dragon Balls are gathered. As they leave, Gohan says that his dad is here. Bulma asks if he looks stronger, so Gohan gives her a thumbs up and takes off with Kuroden. Bulma thinks back to little Goku, how strong he's gotten, and how she's always fighting with Yamcha. She wonders if she blew it with Goku. Vegeta lands at Frieza's spaceship, thankful that Frieza does indeed appear to be gone. The Dragon Balls appear to be hidden, and the Earthlings will probably come and find them with that gadget. Vegeta heads inside to clean himself up and put on some new armor. He suppresses his power like the Earthlings so they won't be able to detect that he's there. Kuroda and Gohan arrive, noting that the Dragon Balls don't seem to be on the ship itself, but a little away from it. They find where the Dragon Balls are buried, dig them up, and prepare to make their wish. Vegeta sneaks outside to watch, figuring he'll just kill them when Shenlong comes out and make his own wish. The two attempt to summon the dragon, in, but nothing happens yet again. They think maybe the words are different on this planet, but their plans are cut short when they sense two evil key heading their way. What happened to Goku? Jis and Goku, quote-unquote, land by the spaceship. Jeff, last chapter, 288, gimme. 
288. Jis and Ginyu slash Goku land. Ginyu notices that the Dragon Balls have been dug up. Kuriden runs out saying how scared he was and wonders what the other bad guy is doing with them. Ginyu asks Kuriden how he knew where the Dragon Balls were buried, so Kuriden promptly says he did it with the radar, but they didn't get their wish. Ginyu smirks. Kuriden asks if there's something wrong with Goku and why he's wearing one of those scouters. Gohan screams that it's not his dad, but it's too late. Kuriden gets smacked. Ginyu now notices the other and figures they can suppress their key down to zero so they won't be noticed. Ginyu explains that they switched bodies and now is the perfect time to test the power of 180,000. Goku, in Ginyu's body, struggles to find where they all are. He can barely use the body, never mind sense key, but then realizes that if he is having trouble using the new body, Ginyu must also be having trouble. Ginyu is attacking Kuriden and Gohan and says he will increase his power bit by bit. Jis notices that Goku has tracked them down and Ginyu thinks he should have hurt himself more. Goku tells Kuriden and Gohan that they have really switched bodies and they should just attack him full force. They should be able to take him on with no problem if they fight together. Ginyu laughs and says he's in a body with a power of over 180,000. There's no way they can win. Goku says it's true that he's in that body, but there's no way he can master its power, never mind use the Kaioken. Ginyu laughs again, powers up, and tells Jis to read him on the scouter. It's, uh, only 23,000. Kuriden rushes in and clocks Ginyu over the head. He and Gohan are going to fight. Ginyu calls Jis over to come help, but Vegeta appears behind Jis and tells him they are the ones that will fight. Goku smirks and notices that Vegeta is there. And there we have volume, what is it? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, 24 of the Kanzenban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not of the Kanzenban. Of the Tangobon. There you go. Yeah, yes. All right. 24. Woo. 19 into 20. Number yes. 8 or number 3. That's right. That's how it works. <laughs> so many numbers. <laughs> Just bingo. go by the chapters Bingo. Here. I got bingo. <laughs> you win, Jeff. All right. Awesome. You win a further discussion. Oh, great. Is this the further discussion? This <laughs> yes. is what I win? Awesome. It's just the two of us, but I think we can pull it off. I sure hope so. Good times. I have a bunch of random notes that I want to talk about, but we'll get to whatever you got to. I'm actually going to get it going something completely different than we normally talk about. I want to talk about the actual first chapter in this volume, chapter 277. Right away, as I was reading it and right when I finished it, I noticed how disjointed this one particular chapter felt to me. There was just stuff all over the place, to Frieza, to this, to this, and then Goku lands at the end. The rest of it didn't feel that way to me, but this one particular chapter just felt very rushed and trying to do too many things at once. You're looking at me like you're not really sure, and I guess you didn't feel that way? Are you talking about the chapter where uh, the little, what's the little Namekian's name? Dende. Dende. When Dende runs back and and passes. Frieza and you're saying Goku are you, are you talking about much earlier it's the very first chapter in the volume oh you said the very first chapter. yeah yeah really yeah uh, there's just something about that chapter that did not sit well with me and disjointed is the only word I can think to describe it but how so I, I don't know I just felt like Toriyama was trying to show too many places and too many events happening at the same time for such a short Chapter because I mean chapters are pretty short over here in the manga yeah and I think there were three things going on mm-hmm. and that just felt like too much for me for one chapter so it was kind of like the beginning of an episode of twenty four where you're just like holy crap all this stuff's going <laughs> there on there you go okay yeah. yeah. Right, all right. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That one little thing was bugging me. I do have a whole bunch of other things I want to get into, but where would you like to start with just general reflections on this uh, this volume? Um, well, I think just to start off, this was a volume that... It, it's It's been a continuation volume, you yeah. know? And didn't we get that last time, too? Well, it's weird, because obviously every volume picks up where the last one left sure, off. Sure, sure. But for whatever reason, these Frieza-era volumes in particular just feel so much like there's no end. It just 
just keeps going and going. Like it's a direct, you can't stop. You really need to just plow through like the entire saga. It feels like. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well, this has been the hardest one to, to, to wait through because <laughs> all the other ones end within two, two volumes. This one, we're now on the third or fourth volume of this arc. You could say, I, I think we're getting into what is really the longest continuous arc is think back to the Saiyajin arc. Mm-hmm. Sure. Raditz shows up, but that event within a larger event concludes itself pretty much within one volume. Yeah, right. And then we have some training, which breaks up the larger arc. And then we have the three or four volumes of the Vegeta fight with Goku. Mm -hmm. So it was a longer arc, maybe like five volumes, something like that. But it felt like you could break it up more. Mm. This Frieza stuff, I feel like you can't break up. Yeah, Maybe that's what we're getting at. I think that's what There's no mini arcs within the larger arc. Mm -hmm. But even then, you could say that the Saiyajin arc and the Frieza arc are themselves one giant arc. Because the the plot points of Raditz showing up clearly leads into Frieza. I mean, not even indirectly, like completely directly. Whereas the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai really has nothing to do with the 22nd. True enough, but I think it has to do with setting because we're still on this alien planet. That's true. This entire thing is taking place on Namek. Right. And so it just sort of feels like, you know, the whole, the whole era is, is being is taking place you know, the whole scenery is just there on Namek so it's just is it like, because we've left Earth for the first time yeah it pretty much is that way I mean uh, just because we're off a different planet shouldn't be that way but really a different setting does really sort of uh, tie in with that I mean I see what you're saying because you could say like you know now that Goku's Super Saiyan that in itself could have been the start of another arc so maybe there's mini arcs right uh-huh. but I don't know it just has a lot more to do with the fact that they're not on Earth the characters aren't there they want to wish everybody back it's like, a pretty small group for our characters, I guess you would right. say. Right. I think it has to do a lot with the goal being way bigger than any mini arc could uh, resolve, and the fact that the setting's different. I think that's a combination where it makes this feel a lot longer than it is. Is this the first time you feel like the characters have really gotten themselves in way the hell over their heads? Um, well, not in the sense of Goku. No? I still have a sense that Goku is extremely powerful. Okay. Uh, but, of course, we I, I have a feeling that he has not shown his quote-unquote uh, true power yet. Uh-huh. So, because he's still got to fight Frieza, and uh, now that we know what Frieza's power level is, yes, like that's a dumb move. You know, you're going to just reveal that in the open to anybody. Well, he said it's a nail, but that's true. Like just anybody, I guess this nail is worthy enough to let this right like, thing slip out. He, but he said nail was only twenty eight thousand. Like he's just going to randomly tell this puny character, like he thinks he's really going to kill him. And just because I'm a total nerd, I think nail was at forty two before he ripped his wrist off. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, there you go. But still, nothing compared to five hundred thirty thousand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But still, it's just like you you so easily just gave us like some, well you know when i first read it i was extremely intimidated uh-huh. but when i when i went back and looked at it i was just thinking why did he just suddenly say that out of nowhere like why didn't he mention that to kuririn why didn't he just meant that mention that to somebody else you know right right he just suddenly mentions it now it's time to let this fly out yeah well this is perfect because i do want to talk about the concept of centorioku battle power or power levels because i feel like it's really come full force here because we're getting count ups yep. and direct comparisons between people and oh I peg you for this number like Ginyu was saying oh, originally you're at 60,000 well now I peg you for like 80 85,000 mm-hmm. there's a lot of numbers being thrown out about now refresh my memory how have you felt about 
battle powers previously? First uh, first impressions were negative. I was okay. just like, oh my god, there's too much of this. The scouters, the aliens are really dorky. and <laughs> That's you know, right. I remember you saying that. Yeah. It's just like, it was just getting so, so overblown. And and now it's, it's actually, uh, I guess, more of an understanding as to how they work. So I guess that means it makes it more acceptable. I, I don't know. It sounds kind of like bullshit to me too, you know, but... <laughs> You're bullshitting yourself. I'm bullshitting myself. Even you're buying it now? I guess so. Yeah, but I'm buying it. It really, okay. it really does make a, a good case here, especially because um, they're not, they don't use it like currency, you know? Like, the fact of the matter is, if it was, like, if, if two people walk into a room, right? Yes. One of them goes on 53,000 or, you know, 530,000. The other one goes 48,000, right? Uh-huh. The other why doesn't just fight? walk out of the room. Right. Why not just, why not why fight it, at all? And- was it you that you never played Earthbound? I think it was just Andrew that did. It right? was Andrew, yeah. I'm pretty sure that in Earthbound, if you're way stronger, then you don't even do the fights. They just leave right. you get the experience. It's just like, just forget it. You know what? There's no, there's no <laughs> something like bother. that. Like I'm not even gonna waste the energy of striking a finger at you because if I just like hit you with a fingernail, you're gonna die. You I know? think it's that's like, one of my biggest problems with the concept of battle powers. But Toriyama is someone, and I'd love to do an episode in the future just how I feel about battle powers in general. I think I could spend an entire hour discussing this with people. Mm -hmm. I I don't like it because Toriyama doesn't follow along with it himself. Like, he throws them out there, but he doesn't stick with them as hard numbers. I would agree. He doesn't even use them as a guide. He just kind of puts them out there and ignores them himself. Like, the way the Dragon Ball goes, it doesn't matter who is stronger than the other by numbers or by whatever comparison you make. Because of who Toriyama is, he just randomly decides who's going to win anyway. That's very true. I mean, we haven't seen evidence of a battle where power levels actually matter, except for, I guess you could argue that uh, Ginyu and Go and uh, Goku, when they start fighting, you kind of have an idea as to how this is going to go, or, or you know, even but before even then, then. look at that. Ginyu did something which changed with the outcome of that otherwise would have been. Right. If you go by numbers, 180 is taller than 120. Mm-hmm. Not that taller is how you describe numbers compared to each other. Right. But if... That was how we were going to go. That's how it should have ended. But Ginyu did something that made that not work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... I don't want to say Toriyama was clever or smart for doing that and doesn't contradict himself, but that's just that's just Dragon Ball to me. Yeah. Where battle powers, throw them out there. Who the fuck cares? It doesn't even matter. I guess that's why I hated them in the first place, you know, because it just seemed like it didn't matter at all. Like it, like you were saying, I kind of had that feeling at first. But the reason why I'm understanding it now and kind of getting a better sense of it is that, especially with people like Goku and Vegeta now, they're able to suppress it and bring it up later. Uh-huh. So because of that, it's kind of turning, the, I guess you could say it's kind of turning the whole alien world on its ear because yes. now they're all realizing, oh, wait a second, you know, you're not permanently this number. Well, perfect, because now we have Ginyu, who is the first villain after the introduction of battle powers Mm -hmm. to himself say hey i can do this too I can manipulate it. I'm not just a static number. Yep. And look how shocked Goku was because he just came off of fighting Vegeta, who was, again, they were sort of relying on their scouters a little bit. You know, Vegeta did throw it down after he realized what was going on with the Earthlings. Mm-hmm. But as far as Goku and the others know, these guys are heavily relying on this. Oh, wait, this one guy just said he, oh, okay, now I'm turned upside down. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I guess um, in, in a way, as we're seeing this progress, I'm sure there's going to be more references to other techniques with battle power yeah um my whole take on it is it didn't bother me as much here 
I think because interesting because it was so heavy in in the writing. You know, I think that's probably what it was. It was just so oversaturated that I was either going to have to you know put up or shut up or it was just you know in one ear and out the other maybe. Yeah, that, that might have been it. Well, actually, no, I was actually very uh, very sort of invested in uh, how much power level some characters had because they weren't. You know, the the thing is they weren't going for the whole scouter thing. Like my scouter says this. That's what drove me nuts in the first one was uh-huh. the fact that they kept relying back to their scouter. And I'm like, just take that scouter off your head and throw it on the ground. That's true, Seriously. We do have Ginyu now making educated guesses about it would be rather than yeah. the scouter says this, therefore. And it makes a lot more sense. And, and it just, it reads much better than, you know, my yeah. scouter says that. It's like, shut up. <laughs> so I'm getting a lot more of a, of a better feel from it, definitely. Uh, and uh, just the fact that they threw in the whole Frieza thing, like I said, it doesn't really make much sense, but the first time I read that, I was like, holy freaking crap, this guy is freaking powerful. We're, we're talking like five times stronger at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's just like ridiculous. 45. Yeah. So I, that got me. I, like that, I figure if that's what Toriyama was aiming for, for a moment like that one, he got me. Okay, fair enough. Yep. All right, let's turn it over to some characters then. Let's leave these battle powers behind. Uh, I specifically want to talk about Vegeta and Goku in this volume, because Goku is back. Yep. But uh, let's start with Vegeta, because we've had some pretty heavy Vegeta analysis going on. Mm. He's almost taken over for Goku, being the leader of the group almost. He seems like the babysitter to me. <laughs> he <laughs> really does. Vegeta. Because he's, you know, he's got like little Kudan and little Gohan. To protect, right, right, you know? right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Vegeta from your perspective with this volume, because he ended up getting his ass handed to him, and he's just kind of hanging out on the sidelines, but he had a great moment in this volume, and that is the smirk, catch you later, bastard. So, how did you feel about this? I totally predicted that happening. <laughs> I think he's a bastard. I actually hate him right now. Really? <laughs> because uh, is it you hate him but you love him at the same time? No, I actually you just, just hate, hate him. him right now because I was gonna hate him and love him, but he he totally just threw, flew away from Goku and that that right there, I was just no, I was not having it. I was like, that's bullshit, dude. <laughs> I was about to have the most awesome fight ever. I was gonna watch you and, and you know you and Goku go at it. It was gonna be awesome, but no, you just had to fly away and make it a, a Goku solo thing. I thought that was a cop-out. I really wanted to see oh, these two characters. for who? For Toriyama? Or for, for Toriyama. Vegeta? Yeah. Oh, right. I was like, why didn't you go through with it, man? I want to see two fights going on at the same time with, like, you know, Goku and Vegeta. And it's like, okay, now I gotta wait for it. Well, we're almost gonna have two fights going on at the same time because the volume ended with... Ginyu not really knowing what to do in the body, and Kudrin and Gohan are going to take him on. And now Vegeta just randomly showed up behind Jis, whose eyes are like, oh fuck. So it's <laughs> kind of like two fights going on. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that we're going to get to next time around. Anything else interesting with Vegeta? He, I don't want to say he's no longer in the limelight. Now that Goku's back, well, our main character is here, so. So he kind of gets shifted aside a little bit. Did he do anything else for you other than like the one instance of hate? Does it not even matter that he's there anymore because Goku's back? That's a great question. Do you I, not know how to answer it? I really don't. Not right now. Because Vegeta as a character right now, especially with the kind of stuff that he's been doing and what he's now at. I mean, it's, it's this guy doesn't have a conscience. Let's put it that way. So, Oh, sure he does. It's just all self-centered. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's a conscience to himself. Basically, He's the most <laughs> self-centered character in this manga, basically. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, but uh, there was a moment in there. You know what? There is a moment that I did like now I think about it. Not to go off your question, but, sure. but just to, I guess, kind of half answer it. There was this moment where uh, he was saying that he wanted to get the Dragon Balls for himself so that he could just wish away Frieza. You know, because like he wanted eternal life. Okay. Yeah. Big whopping deal. Everybody wants 
wants that, but he's doing it just so that he can defeat Frieza. So he can be the one to take out Frieza. Like that's that's honorable. Really? You know, that actually okay. that felt I don't know. I like that was just a, a quick little stirring of, of good faith for Vegeta, you know, where it's just like, okay, he's not um completely a badass because he doesn't just want to kill Frieza to become the strongest thing ever. He wants to kill Frieza because he wants to get even. Yeah. And ain't nothing more human than a little revenge, all right? That's, <laughs> that's all I'm true. saying. True. So you know, I, Fair I gotta enough. give him, Good point to I make. give him credit for that. I All do. Right. But still, as a, as an overall character, I'm just not finding anything to like about him just yet. <laughs> I really want him to just get the, the but shit But do you like that you don't like him? Yeah. I guess I, I kind of have to right I now. Mean, do you like having him around as a character? Yes. I mean, I do okay. like him having, uh, I do like having him around right now. I don't like the fact that Goku is just going to keep toying with him and just trying to half kill him <laughs> just so we can find him again even stronger. Dude, right. just shut up and kill him. You know? Right. Cause when Goku showed up, he's like, I want to take all these guys out. And I'm going to finish it with Vegeta. I, I, you could tell my head was going to blow off at that moment. I was just like, <laughs> damn it, you're a selfish idiot. <laughs> but yeah. Let's talk about Goku then, because he is back. And something I'd actually like to ask you is, are you happy to have Goku back? He's been out of the forefront for a while. We've had some time without the main character. I mean, he's been on his way. We've seen what he's been up to. But the sub-characters been in the limelight, the forefront, the same words I've been using. And now Goku is back. How do you feel about that? You know when you're going to visit your best friend's house and that best friend has another friend over and the best friend goes off to do something, like maybe there's a phone call and he's out for like 20 minutes, and you have this conversation with this other friend, and you're having a much better conversation with this other friend than you ever did with your best friend, <laughs> but you're still calling him your best friend. So when uh-huh. he comes back in, it's all awkward because you're just like, oh, we were having this wonderful conversation and you just stepped in. Uh, yeah. Kind of feels like that. Really? Was that a good analogy? So so Goku is still your friend, but you're enjoying your time with the other characters? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to make an uh, an infidelity statement there, but, you know, because I love my girlfriend and all. But, you know, still, it's like... I see. um, Okay. Right. (laughs) You spoke that well. Thank you. But, um, no, I mean, really, it just felt like since Goku was gone, you kind of had to get used to it. And then you got used to it. And these other characters are are really funny, exciting. That's true. Toriyama seemed to be okay without having Goku be the center of attention for a while. Sure. Well, I mean, this is where the whole debate of, well, how come if Goku's the greatest guy ever... How could he dies all the time? Like, you know, it's that sort of argument, right? Yeah. That's BS argument. But at the same time, Toriyama's taking that risk because he has full faith in his other characters. Yes. So, and we're going to see more of that over time. I mean, yeah. ultimately, Goku's always going to be the main character. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good to point out that Toriyama is experimenting here with having Goku not be the main character for let's, a little bit. Let's put it this way. To anybody who ever brings up that argument again, all you have to say is, hey, Toriyama took a risk and it worked. All right. Tell me how many other manga authors can do that. Get not rid of the main many. character for a while. Right. God forbid. I mean, for God's sakes, look at any uh, of the anime I like where they kill well, off the main I, character. I think there's a lot of groups, subgroups of fans that would disagree and there's some debate back and forth on whether or not the Japanese fans weren't going to be accepting of you've seen the cell arc so you know what what happens there and stuff Mm -hmm. so were the Japanese fans not accepting and they were really demanding that Goku be brought back and blah 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 blah. but what yours what I'm hearing from you is it was working and you enjoyed that little risk or opportunity you took yeah absolutely well the, the, the issue is that when you kill off your main character you have to then reinvest in something and that little transition period gets a bit awkward because <laughs> yeah. you're trying out you know new faithfuls is who you're going to pay attention to. So we've to. actually had maybe something like seven volumes of 
concurrently having the main character and his successor at the same time. Yep. And now they're being brought back in. It's going to mm-hmm. weave back and forth for a little bit, and eventually we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it was it was quite refreshing, actually. I mean, it was uh, very interesting to see just how that was going to play out. Um, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to see how Goku can sort of reclaim his title in my heart, I guess you could say, because right now he's pissing me off at the whole ego thing. Really? It's just really getting to a point where it's like, dude, you got to shut the hell up because seriously, you've got to kill Vegeta and just get it over with. You're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, because he's just the ugh, the whole behavior thing. It was cute at first. Now it's getting sort of annoying. Confidence. It's, it's definitely the ego. Okay. Yeah, the overconfidence and the ego is not helping him right now. So that definitely helps me in sort of getting used to the other characters. Is it cocky, though? Because I do remember when he was on his way, he said something like, I'm not sure why I feel so calm. I know what I'm getting myself into, but I feel okay with it. So it is this strange... It it is being cocky. It is being overconfident. But I feel like he at least has some sort of grounding to him at the same time. It's very true. Uh, The whole time with him in the spaceship was really entertaining to read. And Uh he was a really... It it was a really good uh, character to watch, you know, during that whole point. It was just like around that where it just seems sort of, you know, like I was getting really annoyed. But when he's by himself, yeah, he really does show his best qualities then. Mm. But when he's around other people, that's where he goes into that whole egomaniac thing. So I don't know. I mean, this is it's still a very interesting read of Goku. And I, I think yeah. it's entirely appropriate. And I, I don't mean to take anything away from you. I, I think that's a great perspective on it because I would think that way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm still not wholly confident that I have all the facts just yet, you know? I mean, it's still really early on that he's back, so I mean, I'm just curious to see what happens in the future with him. Okay. I want to compare uh, a series of events in this volume to previous ones, because as I'm reading, again, I've always noticed this, but this time reading through, I really noticed it, and that's that Goku's landing here and defeat of the first person upon returning, or coming to this place. Goku beating Bata is almost exactly the same as Goku beating Nappa. He comes back, he gives Senzu to Gohan and Kuririn, uh, he takes over the fight, he says he's just gonna take care of it, he casually walks around, yeah. not really caring, Everyone, the villains are standing on the sidelines watching him, trying to figure out what's going on, and he beats him, and it's even the same position, holding him with one hand up above his head, tossing him to the ground, followed by, get out of here. Huh. It just felt, wow, alright, Toriyama just literally repeated himself with a final ending stance of how he just beat this character. It's a little different. I mean, now Vegeta's on the sidelines and now it's Ginyu and there's a couple other people around. But for whatever reason, it just resonated with me. Yep, this is the exact same series of events. That's amazing because I had like an inkling of that but I didn't really understand that that's exactly what was going on. That's really funny. Now, I didn't even notice. Huh, but okay. I, I kind of had an idea. I was like, that's this seems really it feels familiar. familiar. It feels familiar. That's what it was. Okay. I wasn't, I didn't even know where it came from. I think from. it works. Yeah, it does. I don't want to it say I does. don't like it. Or no, I, I thought it was cheap. I think it works. Yeah. For who Goku is right now and where he's going. I blah, think blah, even blah. Toriyama is joking with himself on this one. He's like, Maybe look, that's it's very the true. same situation again. Very true. Here comes Goku and he 
you know, does exactly the same exact thing. I think you're right. Jeff, we've gone through most of what I wanted to talk about. I do have one little last thing. I mentioned last time we did a manga review, I wanted to talk about one little thing from the TV version specifically that really bugged me. And that's here in the manga, when Goku lands, he figures out where everyone is and just kind of takes off. In the TV version, it feels longer than it probably actually is, but it's a long series of comments like, man, everyone's been waiting for me for so long. I can't let them down. I can't waste any time. Oh my god, I can sense they're over there, and holy crap, they're down to around zero. I can't afford to waste any time. And it just really feels like it goes on for a long time, even though it's probably not actually doing so much. But in the manga, such a nice quick read. Coming yep. from someone who mm-hmm. knows the TV version pretty well, <laughs> I'm cruising along like, man, there's no Bulma and crabs. There's no this other. This is fantastic. This is so much more enjoyable. I think this is the point of the series where people start taking sides of the the manga is better versus while I enjoy the TV version more. So it has more to do with filler than anything when it comes to that argument? I think so, especially at this point of the series. Mm. This is where people really start choosing sides. Was the, well, just for fresh my memory on this one, was the series being run the same time as the manga was being written, like at, at the same chapter at this point, or was it much, much later that the well, TV series this, was this out? This is part of, this is around the point where they need to start slowing it down a little bit because they are approaching quicker than they have had been in the past does that answer the question like they get to slow it down a little bit well are they are they that far i mean are they that close behind or are they pretty far behind at this point because i mean i I have to check the dates on it i don't know them off the top of my head yeah okay because i'm just kind of wondering like the the kind of filler just whenever we're talking about filler and you give me the 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 kind of the short version of what that filler episode is (laughs) all you have to say was bulma and crabs crabs. and i already know what happened i think that was technically last volume but it's close enough to this one sure i mean I can compare that in Evangelion with Masato in the in the you know like the Earth suit where she goes underground and tries to deactivate Neva or, or is you know in like no this filler in Evangelion. Yes, there is. Oh yeah, there is. There's like one, two, three episodes I can think of right now. But I it just was originally one. a TV series. It inherently can't have filler. Uh, Technically, the manga has filler. Well, yeah. All right. See, the thing is, though, that when you watch the series, uh, yeah, there are you, some things when that you stray are from padding. the main storyline. Um, yes. uh Yeah. No, but <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I, it just seems sort of weird that you know, with with, I don't even know where this filler would come from. Seriously, I mean, luckily, crabs. Luckily, it did not pull a Kenshin. Okay. Okay. And have a Christian arc and not ever animate the actual endings in the manga and go in two different directions and at least we followed along and went through to the end you guys say the same about one piece yep very nice yeah okay okay there you go understood jeff anything else you want to talk about with this volume what sticks out to you before we get to your predictions what else you got um i just want to mention gohan actually please we haven't really talked a whole lot about him and that's why (laughs) okay Uh, because, uh, he, um, I, while I like his character, I'm waiting for that moment where he can finally be useful at something. Where he does something. Where he does. I mean, do you, do I, am I alone here? Cause no, I kind of feel like. I'm totally with you. Why, why did he go there in the first place? He's completely useless here. He had his little fight against Raccoon who blew his attack away with a little. He really can't see. And this is after Saichiro unlocked his full potential there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what he gets after, after, right, being unlocked. Like, that's it. 
<laughs> what, what else is there? I mean, I, I, again, I know the cell arc, so I'm kind of predicting mm-hmm. far beyond than I should, but still, I was thinking. Yeah, but you have be... a whole journey to get to that point. Right. Like, there's a long way to go. There. Yeah. yeah, there's a long way to go until we get that. So I was just kind of thinking, dude, really, honestly, you've been giving Time us a couple chapters. You really got to earn up. your keep. Exactly. Why'd you go to this planet in the first place if you couldn't fight a freaking Ginyu Force <laughs> didn't member? didn't want to study. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that on the, it's one of the covers of the back too. I think where it says, uh, hang on. I'm a scholar, not a fighter at heart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's about to touch the oh, lizard. I want to mention, I totally forgot about this. I'm glad you looked at the chapter title pages. Jeff, at least two of these, the two that I remember were actually made into something in the TV episodes. The two chapter title pages that were made into things. There's the one shot of Goku in Ginyu's body riding on Kintone with, uh, Nyoibo on his back and Gohan's holding on to him. That was made into a shot in the TV version. I think it's Gohan thinking about what would happen if they went home and Goku still had Ginyu's body in that form. It's just this cute little blah blah thing. So there's that, which wasn't in the back, but one that is in the back is Ginyu doing up on one foot pose. And I Goku love the that other. shot. That was actually in the TV version. Animated, really? just like this little, not failure, just this little padding thing when Ginyu comes back and lands. And I think he does a little pose. And it's, it's a close-up on Ginyu doing it. And then it cuts back, and you see Goku right in front of him doing the same thing. Goku's That's like, so like this? Awesome. That is just so awesome. So it's, it's a little things like that that Toei pulled in. And so they're making their own thing, but they're pulling in stuff that Toriyama drew from the manga. So it's nice little touches here and there. Yeah, definitely. So that's all I got. Do you have anything else or you want to talk predictions? We didn't really mention Frieza too much. I, don't, I guess he didn't really have much to do in this volume except for fighting Nail, right? I mean, right. Uh, the narrator made it a point to say, oh, this is pretty bad. He's found Saichiro, and then, you know, he kind of introduces himself, and then he takes off to fight Nail. So he had a little bit of a role, and we get his power. But beyond that, he's just kind of reinforcing that he's in control right now. It's sort of weird, too, because we just sort of leave after the arm gets regenerated. Yes, and we don't cut back anymore. Right, and we don't see it. So it's sort of odd. You know, it's like, what's what's going to happen? Because, obviously, uh, Saichiro going to die. That's all yep. I'm going to say. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm predicting a little early, but yeah, Saitro are going to die. There's ain't, ain't no running away from that right now. And he, he even said to Nail, stall as long as you can. Yeah. And I mean, they well, took off. they're waiting for, who are they waiting for right now? Who's waiting for who? I mean, that's a great question at this point. Because I think, I think Saitro is waiting for, uh, the, the earthlings, quote unquote. To uh, do something. To do something. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of help out here. <laughs> Love of God, someone save us. Yeah. It, I don't know. It just seems like, uh, just sort of a part that was, ended a bit too short like i wanted to kind of see what what was going to happen afterwards to see a, a reason to wait for that was it, one know? of the things that toriyama didn't disjoint himself with go back and forth and revisit later on definitely once he got involved with ginyu and goku it kind of went from there that's for sure and i've actually got one other topic now sure. i think about it um it's sort of like a like a concept i guess you could say but there's a, a mention in here if i think a character says it where they were saying uh goku is you know earth born or, or earth raised yeah and so he can't be the super size Yes. But he's Saiyajin born, right? I mean, yes. Yes, he he definitely is. Yeah, so then, does that make any impact on his character? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. Landed, hit his head, and is no longer the destructive primal deathly force that he otherwise would have been right and is raised by the uh you know whoever was raising him essentially he still has that say in blood though i mean apparently yes. he killed his grandfather <laughs> by you know inadvertently right didn't mean to but it just seems sort of odd to me that the phrase you know that he was like earth raised his legitimacy as a super saiyan isn't there is I, in question because of that right 
That just okay. seems sort of weird to me because but it's what like, I'm catching on to, mm-hmm. or rather, what you're catching on to, and yeah. I'm hearing you say is you're really on this. He's Saijin, and everyone keeps talking about this thing. And even Goku's like, what "The hell are you guys talking? Can someone please <laughs> explain this to me? Right? What is going on? What? Uh, let's just fight." Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I guess that's sort of what the whole point of this volume is doing, is trying to get me curious as to what it is yes. without actually letting me know. I can only imagine what the Japanese were going through when this first came out. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Yes. I I mean... It, that's right. It's yeah. so tough for us because we know, okay, hair's going to go up at some point. Yeah, see, I, I, mean, I even know what a Super Saiyan is technically. I've yes. seen it already, but like, you know... But again, it's the journey of getting it. Yes, it is exactly knowing how that was established, like there what are, it means. I, that's what I like about Dragon Ball, because especially the way it was presented over here in America, starting with 13 episodes and jumping to Z, and having Rock the Dragon show Super Saiyan right in it, despite not getting there for years, you're introduced to all these concepts and all these different characters and all these different things that are going to happen, and sure, there's spoilers but Toriyama is just so good at providing you a wonderful journey along the way yeah absolutely getting to that point and that being even more meaningful than what that event actually is itself sure oh yeah well i think that's kind of um i guess sort of proving the point that really whoever licenses this wonderful show should really play it in order (laughs) yeah that's all i'm saying it would help but I think just because of how good it is, somehow it still works. Yeah. It would have worked better. Right. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know, release the show the way it was supposed to be released. But no, don't talk crazy talk. I, I know, it's crazy. Speaking of crazy talk, let's talk predictions. All right, let's do it. Jeff, last time around, here are the things that you said, and we'll see how accurate they were. You said Goku was going to land on the first page. Yes. Well, you got... The last page of the first chapter here. Yes. Close enough. All right, good. Good job. Thank you. You said Goku is going to have to know what's going on. Gohan and Krillin will be there. Vegeta's fighting. He's going to have to just start fighting himself. He can't just stand there and not do anything. Well, we had a little bit of that. He he did start fighting. Yeah, he did. And he also found out what... I mid-sentence there. Well, I was going to say, he also also knew what happened because he went to Krillin and figured it out. Random telepathy. Yeah, sure. sure. Why not? Why not? You know, he's supposed to be super, so I guess that's part of it. I like it, but I have to admit it's pretty random yeah right we didn't mention that we didn't mention that but that whatever i mean (laughs) i've seen john edwards do more incredible stuff anyway you said ginyu tokusentai will not be defeated whether those that are still there with everyone will all be dead you don't know but you think they're gonna have to go running back to frieza and then all hell's gonna break loose well, we had G survive of the four that were there, and he did leave and go running, except he went to get Ginyu himself rather than Frieza. Right. So you were along the right track here. Well, Good I did stuff. say I did say Ginyu was going to be alive. Well, yeah. he would not be defeated. Right. So he's still alive. Right. I got Definitely. That. You said, uh, where is Goku going to land, by the way? <laughs> so he landed close enough into the general area, and he's able to sense who he's able to. Yeah, the, the, the question was, was it Frieza or by the fight? Apparently yes. it was by the fight. Right. So, okay. So uh, you also said either way, uh, you said either they start fighting with Goku or Goku interrupts the Dragon Balls arriving at Frieza. So like you said, no no Frieza here. He came over to where Ginyu and everyone else was. You also said Saichiro ain't moving, and Nail seems to be pretty powerful. You don't see much happening with them, though. Kind of right. I mean, we had a little bit with Nail and Frieza, but like you said, they just, they being Toriyama, just kind of dropped it there and didn't go any further. Mm-hmm. The focus was really on Goku and what's going on with him this volume. I'm doing pretty good. I, I gotta say, fairly accurate here. Not too bad. I'll give myself a B minus B. Average. I agree. Yeah. Good self-assessment. Yes. Well, let's talk next volume. Oh, great. We've left it off here where Frieza is fighting Nail. Saichiro is 
pretty much on his deathbed. Dende is heading back to the Earthlings. Uh, Goku is in Ginyu's body, which is heavily damaged. Ginyu is in Goku's body, which is not damaged, but he can't really bring out any strength. Kuririn and Gohan know this, and Vegeta has just appeared behind Jis and scared the shit out of him. So, where are we going from here? I unfortunately didn't bring the next volume to look ahead myself and see where it ends. <laughs> I mean, I, I know what happens. I just don't remember which chapters are which. So, where do you think we're going from here? I'm going to say right now, I'm going to make a specific, very specific uh, prediction here. Okay. I'm going to predict that Dende, Dende is responsible for switching Ginyu and Goku back. Okay. I don't know why, but I just figure, hey, he's in the Mechian. He's going back to he's the Earthlings. He's on his way. He's going to do something. Right? He's okay. got to do something incredible. I think it's going to be that. I think he's going to be able to switch him somehow. Okay. Um, and I also think the whole Goku Ginyu switch thing is not going to last very long. Okay. I don't know why, uh, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, look, it's pretty useless for both of them to be in either body because Goku has a not-so-powerful body with very powerful skills, and Ginyu's in Goku's body. Right. Not so powerful. Either way, neither body. of them can do much. Right. And so what's the whole point? It's better to switch anyway. You know, maybe that has a part in it. But either way, uh, as for major parts, uh, I think Freeze is going to get to Saitaro. I think he's going to defeat Nail. Okay. Yep. I don't see that fight going very well for Nail. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna stall him as best as he can. Uh-huh. But um, I think that maybe, like, right at the end, there'll be, once the Earthlings and the aliens are able to, you know, fight their way through whatever, uh, uh-huh. they'll be able to get to Saitaro at the end. Like, I'm saying way at the end. That's okay. going to happen. But up until then, that whole mess of what happens with, like, Goku, Kuririn, Gohan, and, you know, all the Ginyu guys and Vegeta there, and, oh, freaking God, I have no idea where to take that. <laughs> I mean, I honestly really have no clue. I definitely would say Vegeta's not dying. <laughs> That's my. You think Vegeta's safe from, for a little bit? I think he's safe. Okay. Um, I, I think it'd be really funny to see Bulma in that volume. I don't know how the hell she's going to get involved, but that'd she's be kind of interesting. She's just hanging out. Every yeah, once in a while, she gets a couple pages. I love the food tray. Yes. That she has. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and that's another thing they do more with in the TV version, where here it's just like an in-between chapter thing. Yep, but definitely. In the TV version, they do a little more with her. Yeah, so I, I guess that'll pretty much sum it up. I think that okay. very specifically, Dende helps Goku and Ginyu. That whole fighting thing, I don't know, but Vegeta's going to be alive through it. You know what? I'm going to say it. Ginyu Force, out of the picture. All right, next volume? I'm going to say they're out volume of the picture. Gone. Next volume. I'll go that far. But uh, definitely, Nail is also going to be out. And uh, hey, it's <laughs> it's going to be Saichiro and Frieza, the fight of the century. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jeff, this was volume 24. We're going to be back next time with 25, 9 going by the Viz. You can do all the numbers for yourself. So we'll see you uh, the first episode in March. Awesome. To check in with your predictions and do another volume. Keeping it going with the Freeze arc. Sweet. Well, uh, it's just you and me. So why don't we continue to do some releases? Oh, I don't do ABCs. Drat. We have a new month, so let's go through the month. It's a pretty full month. First thing coming out on February 3rd, we get two box sets. I'll just mention them briefly because they're already shipping from places. Amazon's still going to them up for the pre-order price. That's the Dragon Ball manga box set and the Dragon Ball Z manga box set from Viz. It's $114.99. Um, you can pre-order for $72.44, though. And then $185.99, you can pre-order for $117.17. That is DB and DBZ, respectively. So uh, it's the whole graphic novel thing from Viz. And with that, we got February 4th. On February 4th, over in Japan, it's a Monday. We've got the TV anime comics, Dragon Ball Z, Cell Game number five. We think this is about the end of the arc. Maybe they'll do one more. This is the redundantly redundant... 
manga with screenshots from the TV version, which itself is based off the original manga. You know how it goes. I am so buying that. Not really. 730 yen. is putting it out. You know where to get this stuff. Jeff, let's take it back over to the U.S. On February 10th, we got Funimation up the wazoo. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I've got here uh, Dragon Ball Z Season 8. That's the uh, remastered quote-unquote edition. That's forty nine ninety eight MSRP, but you could probably pre-order it at Amazon for $34.99. Uh, also, there's a DBZ Movies 7 and 9 double feature, also remastered. Uh, original listings and some still had it under the title of Android Assault and BoJack Unbound, but cover art shows the Super Android 13 title. That's kind of odd. It, it was It was a thing. All good now. Oh, okay. Good to go. Well then, the DVD is a $29.98 MSRP and a $16.99 pre-order at Amazon, and the Blu-ray, which is $34.98 MSRP, but $19.99 if you pre-order. Also on Amazon. Yippers. One more thing on 10th. Same people. Fancy that. And yet again, another quote-unquote remastered of GT Season 2. That's a five-disc set. That's a episodes 35 to 64 and the TV special. It's the whole rest of the series. In one box? Yeah, it's only 64 episodes total, GT. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, $49.98 MSRP, $34.99 pre-order on Amazon. That's a good amount of episodes for that price. It is. Not too bad there. And it's full screen. It's full screen? GT is full screen. Wait, but... That GT is full screen. But it says remastered. Yeah, yeah, they blurred it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That million-dollar post-processing unit, huh? Okay. So next up, over in Japan, again, February 13th, a Friday, we have Dragon Ball Z movie and also kind of Dragon Ball, our two DVDs. We've got DBZ movie 13 and then the 10th anniversary movie. They are 2,800 yen each. You know where to get them. Uh, CD Japan, Amazon Japan, blah, blah, blah. These are the individual releases based off of the Dragon Box from a couple of years ago. Jeff. Yeah. Taking it back to America again the next day, 17th. On the 17th, the Viz Big Dragon Ball Z Volume 4 comes out then, and uh, that covers Tonkobo and Graphic Novel Volumes 26 to 28. Uh, seventeen ninety nine, and you can pre-order it on Amazon for twelve twenty three. Nice, Not too bad. Nice, nice. Keeping it going. February eighteenth is a Sunday over in Spain. We got two releases. First up is Dragon Ball Z Volume Thirty. This is a two disc set with episodes two forty through two forty seven. La Saga de Boo. I think we're getting into the Majin Vegeta stuff around here. So twenty four ninety five over on Zona DVD Then also that same day we have what they're calling their Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box Volume Three. Uh, they're saying that it's nine discs as opposed to ten like the first two 37 episodes the previous set left off at episode 80 so this would start with episode 81 the previous two sets were 40 episodes each but if this one is saying 37 that should take us up to 117 which is a very logical breaking off point for this box since that's right before the trunk stuff so uh the last two sets were 59.95 euros uh sona debidepunchcom you know the drill jeff last thing over in japan again february 25th oh yeah that hottie ayumi hamasaki oh she's got a cd single called rule out and uh, it's the international theme song for dragon ball evolution three different versions coming out each with different features to them one version includes the DVD with music videos too and uh, CD Japan has them for a thousand yen and a thousand yen on the other and 1800 yen on the third right now and that would be the one with the DVD, which is the one I have pre-ordered and will be coming in next month. Uh, of course. Actually, by the time I get it, it might be March. Oh, well. You know, it takes a week to get over here. Hey, still be fun to watch. That's right. We'll do a review of it. You know how it goes. Awesome. So with that done, holy crap, we still got some emails to do. 
Jeff, you're here. Read me an email. First one here from Chris. Now, actually, I do want to mention that uh, since my main computer's down, and that's where I had um, the main podcast email account all set up, I'm so happy because just recently, I was dumb. I had originally set up as Pop3. I, recently, oh. I switched it over to IMAP recently, though. Oh, good. So that, was, that was fantastic. Did you migrate your old messages? Uh, I have everything good, and I, I pulled it down to the iPhone, except there's so many hundreds upon hundreds of messages <laughs> that I can't pull everything up in the iPhone. So I only have like the most couple recent and then like stuff from 05 or 06 or whatever. So it's very disjointed. So all of these emails are just random ones I received to my main address. Just random questions people have sent in. Nice. So once the main computer's back up and I'll catch up and sync all my email everywhere. That'll work. Anyway, Chris says, yes. good luck reading this. Chris says, there is proof that Bardock is Turl's father. In Dragon Ball Z, Shin Budokai 2, Another Road, It's All in All... Vi- Wait, hold on. No, you were reading that right. I, another Road, It's In All Versions. When you play as Bardock and you encounter Gohan, adult, he says, you look familiar. Are you Turl's son? Emoticon. Since Turl's is the same age as Goku, he could only have known Turl's as a baby, but if that isn't enough, if after that, you encounter Gohan, future or teen, or Gotenks, he will say, you look like her no it can't be or you just look like hmm i will try to get pictures sent to you no period or grammar or logic or sense <laughs> i well, did i read that at all right yeah you did oh. and what i love here is they are using the funimation only name change for the villain of a dbc movie three which is pronounced as turles in the funimation dub but i love that you read it a different way because i think that proves that it's a very strange name change and you wouldn't know how to read it if you didn't know how it was said aloud. but it says turles yes it does i mean so what how else are you, that's not turles you need two s Fair enough. Hey, I'm just saying. You're right. You're always right, Jeff. I'm so, I'm sorry. This whole email got me confused. I'm so <laughs> glad that you know what they're because I'm 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 done. I wouldn't I'm done. expect I'm you to know. I'm leaving. I just That's want it. you to read it. So here's the deal, guys. Yes, there's a similarity. If you check out the rumor guide on our website, and I have to imagine this is where they're coming from, where we have a, a very logical and concrete breakdown of how Talus cannot be related to Goku in any way because of various things like what he says in the movie and a Saiyajin family chart that uh, Toei put out, and if Toei created the character and they don't have any family relations there, well, obviously they're correct about their own character. Blah, 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 blah. Shin Budokai 2, or Another Road, is well known as being a, well, what-if kind of game. All the stories in this game, and I haven't played it myself, I haven't gotten around to it yet, I think it has to do with Trunks in the Boo timeline. It itself is a what-if storyline. And even with that in mind, sure, it's a Japanese release and they can write whatever they want in there, but because of what it is in Inherently, you can't take anything as canonical, canon, canonosity, whatever. You can't take it as truth just because they're doing this random one-off story kind of stuff in the game. So I'm, I don't believe that they actually say what you think they're saying in the game. And you said you're going to look for some pictures and try to track down the exact dialogue. Perhaps those of you that have played through the game can pull in for us what these exact lines of dialogue were. It sounds like what you're saying is someone, whether it's Bardock or someone else, is noticing a resemblance, but it doesn't sound like he's flat out saying, oh yes, you absolutely positively are for sure related to this person. He's just kind of confused, just like Jeff is. Very much so. 
<laughs> Jeff, let's keep the confusion going. I have another one here uh, from Lewis. Lewis says, sorry for bothering you, but whether or not to spend about 1,000 pounds more on the Dragon Boxes than I would on the remastered sets is a really hard decision. I bought season one, two, and three of the remastered sets. One and two have arrived, but three hasn't come yet. The color and quality is quite poor, but I'm starting to get used to it. The presentation of the boxes themselves aren't that good to look at, but they contain English dialogue and Japanese, even though it doesn't sound right on these sets in Japanese. Don't know why. This is a big thing for me as I was brought up with Bruce Falconer's tracks and the English cast. Dragon boxes, as far as I know, have very good quality and very good color clips and are impressive to look at. But with only Japanese dialogue and no English, I'm gonna miss my favorite tracks and voices. I can deal with not understanding what they say. I've seen all of the DBZ GT movies and I know what's happening, but still seasons 1, 2, and 3 don't hold all my favorite moments from my childhood. I need to make a decision of which to buy, Funimation's remastered sets or Dragon Boxes. By the way, I do know where I can buy the Dragon Boxes. Can you help me at all? I think Lewis answered his own question there. I think he did too. I mean, if you're a fan of the Funimation version, you have no interest in the Japanese version, it's great that you acknowledge and you're not delusional about how superior technically the Dragon Box versions are to Funimation's. I mean, this this is fact. There, there is no real opinion here. Sure, you can like what you like and you can get used to the person, blah, 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 blah. We know the Dragon Boxes look better. But you're a fan of Funimation's English dub. You like their voices. You like their music. Sounds like you've given the Japanese version a chance, which is all I ever ask of anyone, really. I and mean, that's all I'm looking for if you're a Funimation fan. Give it a chance. It was there first. There's a reason it's an international sensation. But I think you've answered your own question. You want what you know and you love. And I can't take that away from you. I mean, I love the original Ninja Turtles cartoon, even though it's not debatably close to the original comics it was based on. Blah, blah, blah. I like it for what it is. I know it's stupid. I know it's silly. But I like it for what it is. Just like I like the dub of Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. I have seen it in Japanese. I, I like both. But I'll, I'll watch something and like it for what it is. You're allowed to like that. You're allowed to go after it and buy it. Jeff, do you have anything you want to add to that? I think the reason Funimation made these sets was for people like you, uh, Lewis, because um, I wouldn't get it, <laughs> uh, especially because, uh, you know, I am not a fan of English dub, but I know people who are, and I'm not ever going to say any bad thing about person who likes English dubs, because there's a very slim few that do, <laughs> and unfortunately, they do get sort of persecuted when they do, but I kind of feel like, you know, no, you like what ball. you like. In this country, the majority like Funimation's English dub these days. That's that's fine. Yeah. I don't, but you know what? Uh, like I said, I've been listening to fan subs or watching fan subs really all my life. So English dubs are just completely not in my vernacular whatsoever. So I'm not going to get these sets, but I'm glad to see that there's at least someone who would find these sets good because otherwise it'd be a complete waste on Funimation side of things. Yeah. I think the only problem is um, there are some redubbings on the Funimation side of things. And there have been examples where Funimation dub fans go back to listen to these sets and things that they remember, like certain performances, are now redone by the actors. And sure, it was done in the, the name of consistency and going back and redoing some prior not so great performances. But if you or I were to go back and like season one of The Simpsons, if that was redubbed with the way that, you know, they've grown over the years and are much more talented and familiar with their roles. Sure, it would be the voices that we know 20 years later, but it would be a different season one. Let's 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 try this. How would you guys like it if Mike went back to episode one of Dizentry X and, and re-recorded it? it. Yes. Do you really think that would not sound awkward at all whatsoever? 
no, it's going to sound pretty damn awkward if if I do. Even say if so. I tried to do the same deliveries, just the different sound, the, the superior sound quality. Yeah, just right. Julian and me doing it the exact same lines, the exact same delivery. There's something that would be lost there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would never go back to episode one of Low Fidelity and do it again. It's done. It's history. I would want to go back and change it, but you know what? <laughs> I'll just leave it the way it is because it's much worse to go back and change the past than it is to just live with it in the present. There you go. Let's do one more email, Jeff. This one uh, comes to me from Harris. Harris writes, Hey, I was just wondering. I read online some info on Mr. Popo, and on Wikipedia it says that he is an eternal being who has tons of power and is the strongest being in the universe and more powerful than any Super Saiyan force. I was wondering how much truth there is to this in context and how strong Mr. Popo actually is if he truly is that strong. Then how come he never helps save the Earth? Thanks a lot for the help. Jeff, you've been introduced to Mr. Popo. You've seen him training Goku and clearly stronger. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, I'll stop. It's fine. Mr. Popo is actually quite a different character to you at this point. Yes, very much so. (laughs) I just chalked this up to another Toriyama thing where characters are what they need to be at a certain point in time. And it's not that he doesn't follow through with them, but he's going to move on. Mr. Popo can't be the strongest character in the world. He serves his purpose as training Goku. It's And Jeff, I'm going to try not to spoil some things for much later in the series, but there are other characters. You can cover your ears. That's fine. There are other characters that you're familiar with that come in and they are in positions of power up and above the characters that we've come to know and love over the course of the series. And they try to help. Maybe they can't. They're not as strong, blah, 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 blah. There's a difference between being a godly being and being the super strongest, most powerful thing just because you're God. We've seen Kamisama is our God that doesn't make him the strongest in the world. And I think that's what Toriyama is doing with Mr. Popo, where he's serving his purpose of training Goku, teaching him what he needs to be taught. Just like Kaiosama is not as strong as Goku and Goku surpassed him, he was still able to be an appropriate teacher and convey these new things to him. Also, Wikipedia, I've been checking out some Dragon Ball articles, taking another dive for the worst recently. Oh, great. There's some crazy shit going on over there. Things are being reverted all over the place to terrible spellings and misconceptions. And the biggest thing going around right there, I really need to update the rumor guide. It is so prevalent all over Wikipedia that Lionsgate loses the contract for the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball in 2010. There's no source for this. No one has ever said anything like this. And I was even digging into some old SEC filings this week to try and dig up anything like this. No, there is nothing along these lines. No one knows what's going on. I am fully convinced that the company Companies involved have no idea when someone has or doesn't have a license anymore. So that's not to say everything we've ever written on the site has always been absolutely correct. You got to take Wikipedia for what it is. And I'm not one of those people that says, don't use Wikipedia. It's wrong because anyone can change it. Take it with a grain of salt. Look through the revisions. Look who wrote what. Look what else they wrote. You can do this stuff. That's the power of Wikipedia. If Jeff starts writing all the sorts of nonsense about Majin Buu, you know... (laughs) He's big and blue. He has a tail. It's made of cotton pillows. I love this character. It's a new Dragon Ball AF character. I can just go on there and write it right now. <laughs> you know what? Someone just did. What? Oh. Even though we're not doing it live. Listening to the show, someone's going to go do it. Uh, and you know fine. what? They'll cite us. Yes, of and course they you will. just destroyed the credibility of Dazenshu EX. Sorry, got to go do my because podcast Because it's now. not original <gasps> research for them, and they've just provided a citation. Yeah, you're right. Good you're job, right. I have just, I have just screwed it. Hey, you're the editor, Jake Wad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair enough. I keep forgetting what show we're doing. We're over here. I'm assuming you're editing this. I'm just going to go home tonight and it'll magically be a show. It'll just magically appear online. It's great. It's awesome. Jeff, people have questions, comments, all that good stuff. Where do they send it for... This is Dizentiax. <laughs> so it's so it's gonna be going to podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. That is correct. Whatever you guys got, send it on over. I'll make Jeff answer it. Great, thanks. <laughs> Blue cotton. What was that? Whatever. <laughs> Fantastic. Jeff, what does the timeline say right now? I don't even know. Um how long have we been going? We've been going on for almost an hour and forty two. Holy crap, Arella, let's wrap this up. God, it was just two of us. Yeah. This is what happens. This is what happens. I think we had a fantastic analysis for just the two of us, though. I agree. I look forward to uh, hopefully next time I can get Mary and Julian on the show. Did I mention what was up with Mary? She's really... Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. Mary's sick. Julian is Julian in Japan. <laughs> Can't do Skype. Next time uh, either of them are on the show, hopefully next week and get a computer working again, we'll get some quick thoughts from the two of them on this volume, because I do value what they have to say. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Awesome. Jeff, let me get rid of you. Okay. Plug away what you got. All right. So for me, you can check me out on my podcast with Mike. That's low fidelity at L-O-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y dot I-N-F-O. That's lowfidelity.info. Uh, you know, just cute little music indie podcasts that you can check out. So, uh, in fact, m- much of you and, in fact, most of you probably have already. So, thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. That's right. Uh, the episode that's out right now is we reviewed Animal Collective. Yep, that's the Animal Collective one, episode 14. And the one we're going to review next week is... Anthony and the Johnsons, The Crying Light, number 15. There you go. Mm-hmm. And now you know. That's Right. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Thank you, Jeff. Check you later. See ya. So that leaves me. My name is Mike. You can check out Julian and myself over at DaiZenChewyX. That is www.daizex.com. Julian actually just put up some new lyrics on the site that you can check out. He did uh, Shura Iro no Senshi, which is the first insert song for DBZ. Actually, a translation he did a long-ass time ago and never got around to putting up. That is up there now. And he also did the Infinite World opening, Hikari no Sasumirai E. So you can check that out. And I think he did a couple other things coming soon. So that is DaiZenChewyX. Jeff, you over here. Fantastic having you. See you later, dude. For Mary, sick, crashing on the couch back at home. For Julian, off in Japan, not on Skype right now because we're over at Jeff's place. My name is Mike for GWEX. Jeff, why don't you attempt to do the final line? Oh, shit. Uh, Daizenshu Ikusu Padukatsu Kanshimokiti Kudusate Arigato Gozaimasu Jikayo Moshama Timishimini.